the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Submit your faith story or prayer request today at jenniferjackson.com. You're listening to Simply for Women. Yes, you are. And I have a special guest today. Her name is Amy Lively. She's an author and we have something in common. She used to live in Ohio. Welcome to the show, Amy. Oh, H. You know, I'm making symbols with my arms. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, well, I'm so glad to have you here. Tell us just a little bit about yourself and just some of your history. Well, I am a Buckeye at heart, born and raised in Ohio, got married there, was raising our daughter there. Um, my husband and I have been married 33 years, grew up just down the road from you in Lancaster. But when our daughter went to college, we said, honey, go anywhere you want, but we're going to go with you. Um, we like her. She's our only kid. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we also um, were able to get residency and, and save a lot on her tuition. So she picked Colorado where we had some family. So since 2015, I've been living in the high Rocky Mountains of Colorado and also spending winters in Florida. Like, it's the best of all worlds because I still get to go back to Ohio. I was just there um, for the first, pretty much the first half of October and um, visiting family and worshiping with my church family there. It, it sounds like a dream, a buckeye, <laughs> a buckeye at is. heart, a this dream is. plan, though. <laughs> yes, always. Yeah. Oh, you have anything better than to be a buckeye, right? That's right, for sure. Well, I don't know, that view, I don't think you would ever get tired of a mountain view. That's beautiful. You never do. It mm. never gets old. It constantly changes, even though the, the mountains themselves are unmoving, the clouds and the trees and the shadows and the wildlife is a never-ending delight. It's beautiful. Mm. God is so good. He speaks in nature. I Let's talk about the Lord. He's my favorite thing to talk about. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, too, have been married uh, 32 years, so we have lots in common. Let's talk about how you met the Lord and how he changed your life. And it so- sounds to me like you love to reach out, to share your faith with others, to reach out to others. T- let's just talk about him. I do. I would love to. I was raised by the sweetest, truest, most sincere Christian parents you could ever hope to meet. And everyone who meets them now loves loves them and wants to adopt them. They live out here in Colorado with us now, um, but had just a sweet, idyllic childhood. Um, was born in Alliance and lived in Columbus and then moved to Lancaster when I was eight years old, when I met my husband, when I was literally eight years old in third grade and had a fantastic upbringing. I mean, church was not just something like that we did out of routine or out of obligation. It was like my parents' joy to be part of a church family. We read our Bibles together. We prayed together. We ate meals at the kitchen table together. Um, The Lord was always very, very real and close. And he was, he was my friend when I was a child. And I, I, I accepted Christ watching Little House on the Prairie. Can oh, you believe that? I, I, I knew every that. episode. Yes, I can believe I that. And when when little Laura Ingalls knelt down with 
awe and ask God to forgive her sins. Like I turned to my dad and I'm like, let's do it. And so um, mm. just so, so blessed and thankful for that upbringing. But um, maybe some people will relate to that and also to what I went through as a teenager when I wanted to be popular more than anything in the world. I wanted um, to be known. I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted notes passed to me in the hallway. I wanted to be invited to parties. Oh, I wanted a boyfriend so bad. <laughs> and I pretty much did anything that I could to be part of that in crowd. And and what that meant for me was that I couldn't be goody two-shoes anymore. Like, I needed to know the popular songs and and say the 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 right words, even if they were dirty words, you know, to be accepted. And so really from the time I was 15, I started turning my back on my faith. Um, I said I never stopped believing. Like I never, never doubted who God was or, or his goodness or his ways or the, the, the stories of scripture that I had been raised on, but I just didn't want anything to do with it. Um, a prayer life and a life of accountability, a life of um, hope in Christ rather than hope in my circumstances. It just became foreign to me. I never lost touch with my parents who were always extremely close. They never, you know, shied away from talking uh. about their faith or stopped asking me to, um, you know, where I was with the Lord, but it just was not part of my life at all. Did you know but, if you were breaking your parents' heart or, or, I mean, did they talk to you point blank about this? Oh, they did very much so. They very much so did. But um, I always consoled myself with like, I'm not robbing banks. I'm not on drugs. I have a good career. I have a good husband. I have mm. a, a golden retriever, a nice car. I have a house. I have a uh, child now. Everything was just kind of clicking right on track. And so there was no you know, big visible outward sign of my inward rebellion. Um, so you were kind of still doing part. all the things right, uh, according to the oh, world standards at yes. least. Yes. And even when our daughter started school, we started her at a local Christian school because it was the best school in the neighborhood. And we were just going to keep an eye on all the Jesus stuff and make sure it didn't get too crazy. And I had been raised at the church that hosted that school. My dad had been an elder there. I went to youth group with the people who were now like the, the superintendent, the principal, and the teachers there. So I could really speak the language. But you and weren't I going to church on the weekends, or were you? No, mm-hmm. no, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We would hang out at the playground after school, and, and the other moms would be like, oh, where are you guys go to church? And I would go, oh, we don't have a church home. Like I was just like some orphan or like I was desperately seeking, but hadn't found my place yet. But really like my Sunday mornings were for crossword puzzles and cigarettes. That was all I cared about. Hmm. Wow. Absolutely. What was the turning point? I mean, when did you realize maybe this isn't the best path? It was a very slow and gradual turning. It was uh, led by a little child as it often is when I was hanging out with these Christian parents, these Christian teachers, these Christian families, these Christian children. My daughter's getting a Christian education, and I'm just faking it the whole way. And one day when she was in second grade, my daughter said, Mom, why don't we go to church? Mrs. Neff said she would take me to church. And it's not that my parents wouldn't have taken her, but my daughter was the one who started saying, hey, you know, why don't why don't we live like that? And it was a turning point for me to to realize that I wanted to become the person I was pretending to be. 
And I guarantee you, in your women's ministry mm-hmm. events, in your Sunday school classrooms, in the pew next to you, and at your Christian school, there are women just like me who can fake it and might not make it. But um, but it was a, a matter of wanting to become who I was putting on that I that I actually was. And I was so so thankful that um, that I knew God would just be right there waiting for me when I turned around. Um, we we did start going to church. Um, I did pick up my Bible one day, and it was the same Bible that my parents bought me when I was in college, and um, just started reading in the Book of Matthew, and read through that, and then realized that there were probably a lot cuter Bibles out there, so I went and bought a yeah. <laughs> the red leather cover, <laughs> just read through it from beginning to end and read every cross-reference and read every study note and every life application note. And God just came to me through his word and also then, you know, through his church and through his people and through the relationships and friendships. But now I could be really authentic in and through the prayers of my family for the last 20 years that had um, finally broken through to my hard heart. I remember saying to my brother one time after, you know, I had come back to the Lord and I'm like eating up scripture. I'm going to church 10 times a week and I'm going to every Bible study that cracks their door and, and my husband is with me on this. And I said to my brother, wow, this is happening so fast. And he goes, Amy, we prayed for you for 20 years. <laughs> it was <laughs> so fast. Don't ever stop praying for your prodigals. Oh, I love that. Did you, when you finally came back to the Lord, we have about two minutes left. Did you, did it break your heart? Like, did you realize my heart is broken for all the time I lost? Oh, I will say yes and no. Yes. If I could do it all over again, I would have done it 20 years sooner, but it shaped me into who I was and made me ready for, for, to receive God's grace in that moment. And equipped me to speak into the lives of other people who are hardening their hearts against the Lord and say, oh, please don't wait. And encourage those people who do have the prodigals and also just realize the patience and persistence of God. It's called the hound of heaven chasing after us until we come to him. Um, I, I do desperately regret it, but I can't undo it. I can only do it going forward and live a life of gratitude, thanks, and and service to the Lord who waited for me. Mm. He is the hound of heaven. He is so good. I love how he waits on us. Well, Amy Lively, you have a new book coming up. It's called, Can I Borrow a Cup of Hope? How to Find Faith in Hard Times. First Peter talks about First Peter. Is that right? Yes, it is. It takes you all the way through the book of First Peter. That's wonderful. Well, I want them to go to amylively.com, and that's where they can learn more about your book coming up. And in the meantime, since you've been listening to Simply for Women, I want you to go to jenniferjackson.com, listen to previous episodes, enjoy some fun downloads, maybe buy a book and do a Bible study with your friends. That's at jenniferjackson.com. There are so many resources there. For you, And you can even listen to this conversation with Amy Lively. Maybe there's a prodigal in your life and this conversation will be a great encouragement to those parents or to that person 
to see that the Lord is good. He is the hound of heaven. Well, I'm Jennifer Jackson. That was Amy Lively, and you've been listening to Simply for Women. We hope that today's show has been a blessing to you as you seek to simply live out your faith. To hear today's show again or to share it with a friend, search Simply for Women wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit Jennifer's website at jenniferjackson.com. That's jenniferjackson.com. Thanks for joining us on Simply for Women. Take time today to simply be, simply be with God. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.